What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Thursday, February 6th. This week has been going by fast, but hopefully all you guys have had a nice, good, productive, hardworking week, man. Every day, just try and get 1% better for me. I'm always trying to be a better brother, cousin, nephew, son, all the time, a friend. Got to do better. And that's all I'm striving for in this life, to be honest with you, just to be the best person I could possibly be. And I'm always let, you know, my cards fall where they may fall. And just keep grinding, man. Keep steady. Keep your head above water. Keep pushing and just never give up and never quit. But with that being said, so about 12, I think it was 12 o'clock my time, Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time was officially the NBA trade deadline. And I got about seven trades I want to talk to y'all about and discuss a little bit real briefly and let you guys know how I feel. So let's just get right into it. So the first one was actually a four-team trade. I believe they said it was the biggest trade um, since 2000 when the Knicks traded Patrick Ewing to the Seattle Supersonics, which is crazy because I don't even remember or I never even knew that the Knicks even traded Patrick Ewing to the Supersonics. But it was between the Houston Rockets the Atlanta Hawks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Denver Nuggets. So this is what happened. The Houston Rockets get Robert Covington and Jordan Bell. And I believe Jordan Bell actually just got traded too, if I'm not mistaken. But they got Robert Covington, who's a really good, you know, 3 and D player for them. He should be really productive for them. So that's that. Then the Hawks probably, who I think won this trade, the Hawks, they got Clint Capella and they got Nene. And I like this for the Hawks because the Hawks have been searching for a big man. I know they were looking at Andre Drummond, who we'll talk about in a second. I know they were looking at Steven Adams, trying to get him from Oklahoma City. But they ended up getting Clint Capella. And my thing, they definitely needed a guard, or excuse me, they definitely needed a big man to help complement Trey Young and John Collins and the rest of that young core. Clint Capella is an established big man. To be honest with you, I have no clue why the Rockets traded him because he was a vital and important part for the Rockets' success. Like, James Harden probably averaged an easy five assists alone just strictly off Clint Capella lob passes. I have no clue what made Daryl Moore decide to trade an important piece for him, but it is what it is. The Hawks definitely got the winning end of this trade. And then the Timberwolves, they got Malik Beasley, uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, and Jared Vanderbilt, and they got a first-round pick. Um, I believe, which is in next year's draft. So, for the T-Wolves, I actually like this too because, yes, the T-Wolves are struggling right now. We're going to talk about the Timberwolves in a, again in a second, but Malik Beasley is a really good player. I believe he's been in the league for a few years now out of Florida State. Really, really talented player. He's going to be a really, really good bench piece for him. I like I like him a lot. Juancho Hernan Gomez, another really good player too. Evan Turner, experienced vet. You can never have enough of those in your locker room. And then Jared Vanderbilt, who I believe is in his second season now out of Kentucky. He's dealt with some injuries, but Jared Vanderbilt could be a really, really good player once he's fully healthy. I like Jared Vanderbilt a lot. He's like Lamar Odom. Honestly, to be honest with you, he doesn't really have a jump or anything like that, but he's a really, really good playmaker. He's like that Ben Simmons archetype. Trust me. Jared Vanderbilt is the real deal. I just think he needs to keep getting acclimated to the NBA game, but once he does get fully acclimated to the game and the play style and the speed and the pace, he's going to be a really, really good player. So there's that. And again, they got the first-round pick, too. The Denver Nuggets, which is the last team a part of this trade, they got Shabazz Napier, Gerald Green, Noah Vonley, Kata Bates-Diop, and a first-round pick from the Rockets. So I like Shabazz Napier. Really good, solid backup point guard, even though the Nuggets do have Monte Morris, too. 
Gerald Green, who I don't know what was going on with Gerald Green and the Rockets, but he wasn't playing that much. But hopefully um, the Nuggets could use him in some type of way to some capacity because he's still a really good veteran player. Noah Vonley is pretty solid. He's bounced around the league. I believe he was with Portland for a minute, and now he was in Minnesota. Now he has a new fresh start in Denver, so we'll see what he can do. And then Kata Bates Diop, who the Timberwolves drafted a couple years ago at Ohio State, is a really good player too. I think he just needs some time. Another really young player. Just let him, you know, do his thing in the G League or whatever. Give him some time to develop. He should be a really good player too. So all in all, I'm still confused why the Rockets gave up Clint Capella because I, I I truly believe he's a, a very important piece to that team, but it is what it is. The Hawks are doing what they got to do. I really, really like this move for the Hawks because, again, they needed a big man. He should really, really help Trey Young out a lot, and so he's going to hold down the paint for him. Good move all in all. So that's the first one. The second trade actually features my Miami Heat, my favorite team in the league, and that is a deal that got Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. In exchange to Memphis, they will get Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, and James Johnson. And actually, Deion Waiters is either going to get bought out or released, so the Grizzlies aren't planning on keeping Deion Waiters, which sucks because Deion Waiters is still a really good player. And then James Johnson is actually going to go to Minnesota. And Minnesota was actually involved in this deal, too. So it's technically a three-team trade. And so um, Gorgie Jang is also part of this deal, too, who was a part of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's actually going to go and play for the Grizzlies now. So he should be headed um, on his way to the 901. So I like this move a lot for my Miami Heat. And I'm going to tell you guys why. So we actually signed Andre Iguodala for a two-year, $30 million deal, $15 million a year. And I like it because... One, Andre Iguodala is an established vet. He's a winner. He makes winning plays. He's just all around good. Two, it saves us a lot of cap space for 2021 because we're trying to get some big-time free agents like Victor Oladipo or Giannis. And three, the biggest kryptonite for my Miami Heat I was thinking going into the playoffs is that we struggle versus the Celtics. And the Celtics and the Bucks. and the reason because of that is just because we don't have enough bodies to guard Giannis for the Bucks, and then for the Celtics, we don't have enough bodies to guard their wings. Like, I love Duncan Robinson. I love Kendrick Nunn. I love uh, Tyler Hero, but they're not established enough yet to be able to guard a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown or a Gordon Hayward. Like, the, the Celtics have so many wing pieces that you're going to need some deep, good defensive players to help guard them. So now we got Jimmy Butler that can guard him. You got Andre Godala that can guard him. You, you got pieces now. So that's what I like about this trade a lot. And Andre Godala is just going to bring winning ways. He's not a big-time shooter or anything like that, but he makes winning plays, and that can never, ever be um, – you can never just make that up, you know. So you, you got a really good, solid player in Andre Godala, so I'm happy for that. And then another thing that I really like about this trade that it, it tells me that Pat – Riley, the GOAT, a godfather in basketball, is in win-now mode. He sees a championship window with this Miami Heat roster, how it's currently constructed, and I love everything about that. You have a max contract player in Jimmy Butler. You got Bam Adebayo, who's a rising all-star. You have all the pieces that you need. Sadly, we're a little bit banged up right now. Jimmy did get hurt. He hurt his shoulder last night in uh, L.A. versus the Clippers. So, you know, hopefully he'll be all right. But 
all in all, this team is poised for a deep playoff run. Like, honestly, I truly think we can end up getting to the NBA Finals. But I just think, like, we were shorthanded. I still think we need another big man. Hopefully, we're exploring the uh, buyout market or the, or the wave market or whatever. We need to get another big man. I think that's the only thing that's keeping us from the NBA Finals right now. I think we're – I truly believe we're better than the Sixers. I think we're better than the Celtics now. I think we're better than the Raptors. I think we're better than the Pacers. I think the only team – to watch for is the Bucks, and that's just because Giannis is really that good. But now that we have multiple bodies that we can throw at Giannis to guard him, I really like our chances in that matchup too. So I really, really like this trade too because, again, you get Jay Crowder too now, who's another 3 and D guy. He hasn't been shooting the ball as good as he has in his past, but he's still a really good defensive player. He also went to Marquette just like Jimmy did and Dwayne Wade. And you got Solomon Hill too, who's just another – 3 and D guys, another buy that you can use to guard Giannis or guard the, the Celtics trio. So I like this deal a lot, especially for us. And then the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies again, they get Justice Winslow, who has been dealing with some injuries this year. So we don't know what he can really be. But when he is healthy, he is a very productive player. He's a really good defensive player, really good playmaker, really good rebounding guard. He can do a little bit of everything. Needs to get his jumper down, but I know he has been working on it a lot. So we'll see what he can do with that. And so that's that deal. Very happy with that deal. So another deal, number three, I got seven of them, like I said. Number three, honestly, is a weird deal. I'm going to talk about it briefly, but I'm not going to talk about it too long. But if it was between the Hawks and the Kings. And the only reason I really want to bring this up because I have no clue why they even did this deal. So pretty much is the Atlanta Hawks traded Jabari Parker and Alex Lynn to the Kings in exchange for Dwayne Dedman and two second-round picks in 2020 and 2021 NBA drafts. So the Kings are going to get Jabari Parker, who... Hasn't had the career that a lot of people expected him to be or to have because he's dealt with a lot of injuries from torn ACLs to a whole bunch of other different things. He's bounced around the league. Of, I think he's been on a couple different teams. I know he was with Milwaukee. He was with the Bulls. I think he played a little bit with the Washington Wizards. So he's been bouncing around a lot. But, you know, hopefully he can kind of find a home in uh, Sacramento. Then they get Alex Lynn, too, who hasn't had a productive career either. He's a seven-footer. Originally went to Maryland, played for the Suns. Um, play a little bit of time with the Hawks, or yeah, of course. And so it is what it is. And then the, the weirdest part about this, the reason I want to talk about it, because the Hawks decided to trade for Dwayne Dedman. If I'm not mistaken, Dwayne Dedman actually played for the Atlanta Hawks last year or the year before that. Like he was on the Hawks. So I don't know what made them decide to trade for a player that they already had before. But I guess they just wanted the picks and to get off, you know, to dump some salary caps. But I don't know. It's just a weird trade all in all. But that's that one. Another one that I do really like, the fourth one, is between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Golden State Warriors. So Philly actually traded um, three picks. They gave the Warriors a 2020 second-round pick, a 2021 second-round pick, and a 2022 second-round pick. So the Warriors are definitely stocking up on draft picks. So credit to them. They're doing a real good job with draft picks. They're going to be loaded for years to come. So that's good for them. Philly actually gets exactly what they need. So Philly has actually been struggling this season. Right now, they currently sit with a record of 31-20. and 20. They're currently tied for fifth place in the East with the Indianapolis Pacers. So they got some work to do, and they definitely have been struggling on the road this year. And, of course, they you know they have a pretty much a whole new roster from last year's team, losing J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler. But they get exactly what they've been needing, and that is shooters. So they get Glenn Robinson, and they get Alec Burks. And that's important, too, because... Really, their biggest problem is they don't have any floor spacers between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, he has been forced, playing alongside Ben Simmons, has pretty much forced him to expand his game out to the three-point line. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but he is 6'11", and he's most dominant when he's in the paint. And so 
you got to give Joel Embiid his paint touches. And he gets them, but I just feel like he feels like he's clogged in the lane. He's facing double teams, sometimes even triple teams, because Ben Simmons, of course, doesn't shoot like that. And he struggles to shoot the ball, and he doesn't even shoot at all. So he needs somebody to help space the floor. So Elton Brand was on the phone. He got two really good players. Glenn Robinson is a knockdown three-point shooter, really good defensive player, too. And then Alec Burks is a guy I like, too. I think he is a special, special player, too. I think he's very underrated. He's crafty with his handle. He gets to his spots. He got a mid-range game. He got the three-point game, really good getting to the rack. So I like this deal a lot for the 76ers. It should definitely make a lot of things easier for them, especially because I actually watched um, some interviews between Al Horford and Embiid where they pretty much said it's a lot of stuff going on. Embiid doesn't know his role in the offense. Al Horford said it's things going on in the locker room that he doesn't want to discuss so they got some things they need to work out but I definitely think Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson will definitely help them out with them problems because they are space uh they are floor floor spacers good three-point shooters so definitely a good deal for Philly and again a really really good uh, move for the Golden State Warriors as they keep stocking up on draft picks for the future so that's that one my next one is the main one the headliner of all the deals in this NBA trade deadline between, again, the Golden State Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, the Minnesota Timberwolves have been trying to get D'Angelo Russell for, I think, about two years now. And they finally, finally get D-loading to go and play with his best friend in Carl Anthony Towns in Minneapolis. So, that's a really good move for them. They also get Jacob Evans from the Warriors, who's a really good three-point shooter out of Cincinnati. Um, and they get Amari Spellman, who's an up-and-coming young big man out of Villanova, who I like too. He's six, about 6'10", can shoot the ball, rebounds pretty hard. He's kind of versatile too, so I like, I like those moves too. And then the interesting part, the Warriors get Andrew Wiggins, and they get a 2021 first-round pick and a 2020, 2021 second-round pick, excuse me. So they get a first-round pick in 2021 and a second-round pick in 2021. So I like this move a lot in... I like it for two reasons. Obviously, you know, the Timberwolves have been searching for a point guard. They traded away Jeff Teague to the Hawks to back up Trey Young. They really didn't have a point guard. They just gave away Shabazz Napier, as we talked about earlier. And they finally get a point guard that they can keep for the future. Deloading and Cat should be a formidable duo for years to come. But the thing is, though, they still need some more pieces. This Timberwolves fans, I know, are probably celebrating, and, the, and they definitely have the right to do so. I'm not going to tell them not to because it's a big pickup for them. I know they've been trying to get... D-Lo for a long time. So I don't blame him for that. But again, you still need some pieces. D-Lo's not going to come in there and just all of a sudden have y'all start winning games. Like you guys have not won a game since November. You guys just lost to the, I believe the Hawks last night in a Trey Young performance that was for the ages. You guys are currently 15 and 35 in your 14th place in the West. And I'm not trying to say that to bring you guys down, but I'm just saying it is a great move, especially for the future. But right now you guys do have some other things to work on. And you still have Cat, of course, playing alongside him so you have everything that you need um except for a couple of different things like you need probably another wing player Joshua Kogi's a really good player that I like he's been really good out of Georgia Tech um so I, I do like this move D'Lo is gonna really really help them a lot of course you know he hasn't really proved himself to be a true winner yet but I do think him playing alongside Carl Anthony Towns is gonna really really boost his game and I think vice versa too they're really gonna just influence each other's games to you know go harder and play harder I think next season hopefully they can get another wing player and they'll definitely be a relevant contending team in the Western Conference so we'll see but for the Warriors side of things so they're gonna get Andrew Wiggins which is interesting too because I've been a big critic of Andrew Wiggins and I'm never gonna stop being a critic of Andrew Wiggins because I know how talented Andrew Wiggins is, and he has not lived up to it. And it's not even the fact that it's potential. Like, it's just in plain sight. Like, his 
his ceiling is high. Like he can be an NBA All-Star, even in the Western Conference, as crazy as it sounds. But he never really lived up to lived up to that in Minnesota. And of course, he was on that max contract. And that's the thing that I'm really surprised about that the Warriors were actually willing to get the rest of his max contract. Because the Timberwolves did give him a max contract that he signed, I believe, I want to say two years ago, I think. And so they have that. And so the Warriors get that now. And so with the fit. Of course, the Warriors, you know, have injuries. They've been dealing with injuries all season long. It's a down year for them this year. But when they get back healthy next year, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. You're going to have Steph Curry, of course. You're going to have Clay. You're going to have Draymond, of course. Now you have A. Wiggins. And the thing I like about A. Wiggins is, shout out to my guy Aaron Ernest on Twitter. He said it perfectly. He took the words literally right out of my mouth. He said, the Warriors don't need Andrew Wiggins to be a second option. Like I just said, they have the Splash Brothers. But... All he has to do is really be what Harrison Barnes did for him, for them in 2015 when they won their first championship ring. That's all he has to do. He just got to, you know, hit the spot, hit the pull-up shots when he needs to, hit the spot-up shots when he needs to. When they need him to get to the rack, they need him to get to the rack, you know, rebound and just play defense. And it's that, it's that simple. You're going to get paid millions of dollars to do that. And I know, of course, it's easier said than done, but he does not have to have the weight and expectations that he had in Minnesota. Now he can be cool, calm, and collective. Trust me when I say I've never been to Minnesota. I've never been to San Francisco. I, I have been to San Francisco. Actually, I'm lying. But San Francisco is a much, much better place to live than Minnesota, even though it's more expensive, but that shouldn't be a problem to you. I'm not pocket watching. I'm just saying. But this should be a fresh new start for Andrew Wiggins. I'm not even expecting a lot out of him. I'm just expecting him to be productive, man. That's it. That's all I want him to be. In Minnesota, I expected him to be that star max player that they gave him. In, San Fr- in Oakland now, in San Francisco, I expect him to be a solid, good, contributing player for the Golden State Warriors. So I like this move for both sides. I really hope A. Wiggins figures it out, man. Just be a good player. Be the player that you're meant to be. So that's that. The next one is probably the weirdest trade I've ever seen. And I'm not even going to lie. So it's between the Pistons and the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the, the Pistons traded Andre Drummond for Brandon Knight and John Henson and a second round pick. Think about that. They traded Andre Drummond. I don't even think Andre Andre Drummond, is, I want to say, is either 25 or 26. He's been a two-time All-Star already. He's led the league in rebounding a couple different years since he's been in the league. He's one of the best rebounding bigs in the league. He probably, to be honest, he probably is the best rebounding big in the league, to be honest with you. I, I truly think that. He is a game changer. And the thing is, though, I kept hearing about people saying, like, the market is very, very dry for him. Not a lot of people are willing to take him. And I was baffled because he is a big-time player. And I don't think people realize that. I understand he played in Detroit. And I know a lot of people were questioning his motor and stuff like that. But when think about it. You're playing for the Pistons. You've been in the league for six or seven years now. The Pistons haven't really given you anything to work with to put you guys, not even in the playoffs, but to be contenders. And you're not really going to have any type of motivation other than you're getting paid to do it. And so I'm not blaming him, but... If you put Andre Drummond on a contending team, like, say, my Miami Heat, I guarantee you if Andre Drummond went to South Beach and played under Pat Riley and Eric Spolster, we would be in the NBA Finals this year. That's how good Andre Drummond is. I really think people don't value Andre Drummond as much because he played in a bad or he played for a bad team and a bad organization in the Detroit Pistons. Like, he is a good player. It's the reason that he was in the All-Star game twice. Like, he's like that. He is the true definition of a good quality big man. He doesn't shoot the ball or anything like that. He's not the most offensively talented big man. 
but he can catch lobs, he blocks shots, he plays hard defensively, and again, he's a rebounding machine. So I don't understand why somehow, you got to give credit to Cleveland, they were able to get, and Kobe Altman, they were able to get Andre Drummond in exchange for Brandon Knight, who I didn't even know was still in the league, and I like Brandon Knight, and John Henson, another dude I didn't even know was in the league. I thought he retired after he left Milwaukee. So it is what it is, though. Good move for Cleveland. Uh, they definitely won this trade, no doubt in my mind about it. Um, Andre Drummond is on a five-year, $127 million contract, so I can see why some people might have stayed away from him, but still, he's worth that money. Believe me when I tell you guys, Andre Drummond is that good. So he's going to earn about $25 million a year from here on out. He will be an unrestricted free agent in 2021, so that's going to be interesting too. He's going to have a market by the time he's a free agent. Believe that. Somebody's going to get him, and the championship team would love to have Andre Drummond. But again, shout out to the Cavs. They did what they are supposed to do. And they did. They got a good pickup to compliment K-Love. John Beeline's a young coach. They still got Tristan Thompson for now, but I know they like Colin Sexton, um, Darius Garland. Um, they got a, They got. They don't have a lot going on, but they do have a good future looking ahead of them in Cleveland. So that's that. The last trade I want to get to you guys is probably the most hyped up trade of the whole entire trade deadline that I'll surprise people were really hyping up, and it featured the New York Knicks, the Los Angeles Clippers. And the Washington Wizards. So the Clippers are going to get Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas, but it sounds like they're going to waive Isaiah Thomas or they're going to uh, buy him out. And then the Knicks are going to get Mo Harkless and a 2020 first round pick. And then the Wizards are going to get Jerome Robinson, who's a really good young player out of Boston College. I believe he's in his second year in the league. I think he's going to be a player to keep an eye on in the future. Trust me, Jerome Robinson is really like that. I think he's like 6'5", 6'6", guard. He's really tough. He can shoot it from deep. He he has a he has a really good package offensively. So I think the Wizards got a really good pickup in him. For the Knicks, though, they get Mo Harkless, who's an experienced vet, who's been playing his butt off for the Clippers and played in, for the Portland Trailblazers before that. That's a good pickup for them. The Knicks, again, they also get a 2020 first-round pick. And the interesting thing about this whole trade is that throughout the entire time, people were trying to make it seem like Marcus Morris was like some overly coveted uh, player. Like Marcus Morris is good, but people are trying to make it seem like he's like one of the best, you know, players out on the market right now. Like, again, he's a good player, but is he really that? I don't think he's that much better than uh, Mo Harkless, to be honest with you. Like they do the same things like. Marcus Morris, I think the only reason that he was as hyped up on the market as he was is just because he played with the Knicks, and the Knicks are a terrible team. They're a terrible franchise, and so I think that's why he was shining. And I think if you're an experienced vet in the league playing for a weak team, the least you can do is kill for a team that's weak. And I'm not saying that's easy to do or anything like that, but I'm just saying. They're not even playing some of their best players. Like Alonzo Trier is one of the best players on the Knicks, and he barely plays. So that should let you know everything that you need to know about the New York Knicks. So... You know, Marcus Morris is hooping. It's a good pickup for the Clippers. I don't think it automatically, you know, solidifies them to make the NBA Finals. I do think it's good for them, you know, for to have another body to guard LeBron. But besides that, it's like, it's not that much of a big upgrade from Mo Harkless. Like, they're pretty much the same player. Like, and the thing is, yes, he was killing with the Knicks. And yes, he'll probably really, he'll be good with the Clippers. But he's not going to get the same amount of shots that he got with the Knicks as he's going to get with the Clippers. He's playing alongside Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Lou Will, Montrezl Harrell. They got all them dogs over there. So, you know, it's a good pickup. Don't get it twisted. But again, it's just not that big of an upgrade from Mo Harkless. They're literally the same exact player, if you ask me. He might be a little bit better defensively, but they do the same things, to be honest with you. But it is what it is. 
again, it was a pretty much good uh, trade deadline, to be honest with you. I'd say some teams that, you know, probably had the biggest losses in the trade deadline were probably, to be honest with you, the Lakers. But it does sound like the Lakers are going to probably end up getting my guy from my hometown, Darren Collison. They're going to work out J.R. Smith, and they'll probably explore a couple more options. So we'll see what they do there. I think the biggest losers of the trade deadline, though, have to be the Houston Rockets, though. Like, I don't know what in the world decided for them to make Clint Capella available on the trade market and then trade him to the Atlanta Hawks and not even get a big man in return. But again, they did get Robert Covington, but they play the Lakers tonight and we're going to see who tries to guard Anthony Davis. And I'd be surprised if Anthony Davis doesn't go off for at least 25 to 30 points. So we'll see. Um, hopefully, you know, the Rockets can do something and try to get a big man. But Again, we'll see the biggest winners. I probably have to say were probably my Heat, um, and I guess the Cavs. Uh, yeah. So that's that. And the and the Sixers. I like what the, I do like what the Sixers did. The Sixers didn't get you know some big name players, but again, Alex Burks, Alec Burks, and Glenn Robinson the third are good pickups for them. So as always, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. Go check out their podcast. I'm featured on their podcast network, but they have a whole bunch of other really really great podcasts and content creators. That's at Nuts and Bolts Sports. And I also do their college basketball blog, so go check that out soon. I will have a piece or article um, coming out either late this week or sometime in the next couple days or early next week. So definitely go check those out. Again, that's at Nuts and Bolts Sports for all your sports needs, whatever you love when it comes to sports. Nuts and Bolts Sports has it. But again, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Podcast. Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, excuse me. I appreciate you guys for making this far. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share, and all those other good things. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcast, please, please, please rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. You guys have a great rest of your week. Keep grinding and striving for greatness. As always, peace, love, and blessings gone.